0: we're in a series called Everything Christmas. Week one, we talk to you about a lonely story. Week two, I talk to you about a love story. Today, I want to talk to you about a lost story, a lost story. I want to take you to a, a portion of Scripture. It's not normally thought of as... a a Christmas story or Christmas scripture, but yet it's very relevant to the season that we're in. I want us to look at Luke chapter 19 and verse 10. I want to welcome those watching online. Perhaps you're snowed in in one part of the country and we're glad that you joined us at peopleschurch.tv to worship with us online today. The Bible says in Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, for the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost. Jesus said that he came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus said that he left heaven and he was born as a baby to, to, to reach and and to save lost people. That, that's why he came. Listen today, if you are if you're messed up. If you are broken, if you are hurting, if you're lonely, if you're addicted, if you're far from God, you're in the right place today. Because Jesus didn't come for people who have it all together. Jesus said, I was born on that first Christmas day. I left heaven. I left glory. I left my father's presence. I left a perfect place and was born through a virgin named Mary for messed up people, for broken and jacked up and a and lost people that's why I came that's what Christmas is all about he came for people who didn't have it all together the Bible uses the word lost he came to save what was lost that word lost is referring to people who are living life without God God is not the center of their life. They're, they're doing life without God. And I want us to look at a portion of Scripture that talks about lostness, that talks about people who are, who are lost. God's not at the center of, of life. Luke chapter 15, I want us to read in verse number 1. We're going to unpack this parable for, with our, for our time together. Luke 15 verse 1 says this, Now the tax tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him. That's talking about Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Now, now, sheep in this parable represent people. And and the shepherd in this story represents God. important for you to understand. We can use that interchangeable because sheep represent people and the shepherd represents God. And I want you to notice verse 4 again. It says, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. One of them gets lost. Point number one, if you're following along with me in your bulletin notes, point one is this. People get lost. People get lost. Lost. The Bible says there's a hundred sheep and, 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 and one gets lost. One, one, one strays away. People get lost. Many people are living life without God. Many people are going through life without a relationship with God. Many people are what the Bible calls lost. They're, they're, they're doing life apart from God. And the question that I want to answer today for the next few moments under point one is, why do people get lost? Why do people get lost? Several things come come to mind. First of all, some people get lost running after things of the world, and they they, they get lost. Perhaps you've seen it before. Maybe somebody gets lost because they're chasing after money, they're chasing after stuff, and they're chasing after possessions. They're giving their soul away. for for more for more stuff. And they've neglected their relationship with Christ. They're not serving the Lord because they're because because they're running after things of the world. For for some it's it's because of popularity and, and, and power. There are some people that want to be so popular. They want to fit into what culture is doing. They 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 they, they 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 want to go with the flow and, and, and if this thing is popular then I'm going to go with it I may have to compromise my morals I may have to compromise my values I may not be living according to God's word but you know what I want to be I want to be popular I I I want to fit in and so so people so some people don't don't serve the Lord because they're running after the things of this world they they want to be popular they they want to they want to fit in for some people it's a power deal they'll do whatever it takes to be to be powerful. To, to be high they, they, they want to climb the corporate ladder and that means if I have to do whatever it takes I'm going to climb the corporate ladder I may have, to, may have to neglect God may not serve God but I'm going to get there I, I want to climb the social ladder and I, I care about what people think about me and I want to be, 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 be viewed as powerful so, so people neglect God and, and diss God and, and don't serve God because, because of power and popularity why do people get lost? another, another thing that really comes to mind is, is friends, friends and relationships. It's amazing. As a pastor, I see this time and time again. Before I started this church and I traveled in different venues and spoke and preached, I saw this time and time again. Because of friendships, there are certain people who won't serve the Lord. They run after the things of this world. That they got themselves in a sphere of influence and friendships where people are doing their own thing and they're, they're not living right, they're not, they're not serving Jesus, and, and they're being influenced by the friends. And maybe you have friends since high school or friends since, since college. And, and, and you know what, man, I, I love my friends. I love my uh, homeboys. I love my girlfriends. And I want to be, be with them. And so, and so people don't serve Jesus. They, they, they don't live for, for, for Jesus Christ because they want to fit in with their, with their friends. I used to think this was just a teenage thing. When I, when I used to speak to teenagers a lot, I thought, this is just a teenage problem, this peer pressure deal. But, but I see it with adults. I, I see the whole issue of, of, of dating and, and relationships where people don't serve the Lord because of a dating relationship. Somebody starts to date somebody who's not serving Jesus, they don't know the Lord. And, and, but you know what? I like him. I, I like her. And so they, they compromise their values. They compromise their, their standards. And they don't serve Jesus because of, of a relation. That they're running after the things of this world. Why, why, why people get lost? Why people get lost? There's a second thing that, that comes to mind. Now, not only do, do people get lost running after things of the world, but, but the second thing is this. Some people get lost because they slowly drift away. They slowly drift away. The Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 1. We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. The Bible says we have to pay attention to our our spiritual life, to what we have heard, the, the the word of God, the message of of Christ. And when people don't pay attention to their spiritual life, they 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 drift away. And perhaps if people don't don't pay attention to their prayer life, or people don't pay attention to their Bible reading time and spending time with Jesus, perhaps people are not paying attention to to to, to their church attendance, or, or or they're not paying attention to to worshiping and, and and honoring Jesus Christ. And the Bible says when people don't pay attention to their spiritual life that they begin to drift away you know if i wanted to walk to that wall but i started walking in this direction just a little bit you're thinking to yourself well herbert you can still make it but i'm just drifting inch by inch little by little and that's what a lot of people do spiritually in their in their prayer life they just they just drift in their time with god they, they just drift and in church attendance, they just drift. And in worshiping Jesus and serving, they just drift. And can I say, when you just go little by little, it doesn't look like a whole lot when you first get started. But can I tell you, after a few months of that, after a year of that, after five years of that, after a decade of just drifting little by little, can I tell you, a lot of people wake up a decade later and they're lost. And, and they drifted away. Because listen, people drift away subtly little by little but can i tell you that little by little can turn into a whole lot over time and the bible says listen pay careful attention to your spiritual life because if you don't what happens is inch by inch little by little you begin to drift away and you find yourself in places and situations you never thought you'd be in there's a third thing that I want you to see. Why, why do people get lost? Why do people get lost? Number three is this. Some people don't know they're lost. They don't have a clue that, 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 they're, that they're lost. There's a story about a senior citizen driving down the highway. This, this elderly man, he, he was driving down, down the highway and his car phone rings. And, and it's his wife. And there's a sense of urgency in her voice. And she says, Harold. Harold, I just heard on the news that there's a car going down the highway the wrong way. Harold, be careful. Harold says back to his wife, baby, it's not just one car, it's hundreds of them. See, Harold was heading in the wrong direction, and he didn't even know it. And that happens to a lot of people in life. They're headed in the wrong direction, and they don't even know it. The writer of Proverbs says it so clearly in Proverbs 14 and verse 12. There is a way that seems right to a man or a woman, but in the end, it leads to death. But notice the Bible says there's a way it, 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 that seems right. I mean, it, it feels right. It looks right. Everybody's doing it. It's popular. That's the way culture is is flowing. It seems so right. I don't even realize I'm lost. And the Bible says, but in the end, at the end of the journey, at the end of the high, at the end of the thrill, at the end of the fun, in the end, it leads to death some people don't even know that they're lost they're headed in the wrong direction and they don't even know it there are other people that don't know they're lost because they think they're a a good person and there there are people all the time that say you know what i don't really know about god and all this god stuff but you know what i'm a good person and i have a good heart And I'm not like those people. I'm not bad like those people. I mean, I make mistakes, but you know what? I'm a really good person, and I do good deeds, and and I'm kind to people, and and I'm good to people. So so you know what? I think I'm going to make it to heaven. I think things between me and God are okay because I'm a really good person. And yet the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 64 and verse number 6, it says all of us have become like one who is unclean. And all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. The Bible says all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. In other words, on our best day, doing our best deeds, it doesn't measure up. It's, it's like filthy rags. In other words, we can never be made right with God by our good works. You see, God's standard is perfection that's god's standard and friends all of us fall short of god's standard all of us fall short of god's uh, uh, of god's mark we, we, we all sin and fall short the bible says of the glory of god every single one of us we fall short and see that's what christmas is all about is we can't save ourselves. we can't do enough good deeds because our goodness and our good deeds they're like filthy rags but jesus came on christmas morning and he took our place because jesus lived a perfect and a sinless life and you and i we deserve death we deserve to die we deserve condemnation and to be condemned for our sins but jesus took our place and he died on the cross for our sins that's what christmas is all about jesus came and took our place you see friends we can never be good enough to get into heaven We can never do enough good deeds to be made right with God. And yet there are people that don't realize that they're lost because they say, I'm a good person. But friends, we all fall short. And that's why Jesus came to take our place. And it's only through faith in him that our sins are washed away and we're made right with God. There's a second thing that I want you to see today, a a second point. First of all, people are lost. People get lost. Number two is this. God cares about lost people. God cares. About lost people. The Bible says in Luke chapter 15, verse number four suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? Now, now the Bible says there's a hundred sheep and just one. Just one wanders away, and the shepherd cares enough about the one lost sheep that he goes after it. He goes after the one. I was thinking this week as I was preparing this message, and you can begin to think about this as well. I begin to think about what do I have 100 of? Do I have 100 of anything? And I begin to think, you know what? I have 100 books in my office. I have more than 100 books in my office. And can I tell you what? If you came into my office, took one of those books, and never returned it, I would not know it. Because I don't really care about the books that much. I already read them books. That's why they're on my shelf. But I keep them, but they're not alphabetized. I don't have them in any kind of order. I would never know if you took one of those books. Because I just don't care that much about all those, those books. I begin to think, what, what do I have 100 of? And I begin to think, if I had 100 kids... And one of them wandered away. I might be happy. eh? (laughs) All right, I'm just playing sort of. But you know what? A hundred kids. I've got four, but a hundred? I'm telling you, if one of them was lost, I wouldn't know it. I wouldn't, I mean, maybe the only way that I would know that they're lost was maybe a special holiday meal. And, and I mean, because you're not going to set the table every day for 100 people, you know what I'm saying? But maybe a special occasion. And there, we set up 102 placemats, one for me and one for Tiffany, and then for the other 100 kids. And, and maybe as we set the placemats up and all the kids gathered around and we got ready to eat Christmas dinner, we would notice, you know, number 59's chair is not filled, you know. I think he's gone. But but the Bible says something so interesting. The Bible says that the shepherd was so in tune with the sheep. He cared so much about the sheep that he knew that just one sheep was lost. Here's what this teaches us. Here's what it teaches us. Each one of us is valuable to God. You see, the shepherd went after the one because every sheep was valuable the shepherd. He didn't say, "Well, I got nine and nine. I don't care about the one." No, no, no. Every sheep was valuable to the shepherd. And here's what I want you to know: is that God cares about you. He cares deeply for you. As I said last week about love, it, it, it's also true when it comes to care. It's most people don't have a, a problem or difficulty believing that God cares for the world. Most people don't have a problem. Believing that God cares for people. The difficulty for most people is to believe that God cares for them. And I'm here to tell you God cares for you. And he cares for you. And he cares for you. And he cares for you. He cares for you watching online. God cares about you deeply, deeply. I I think about me as a father with my own kids. And Tiffany as a mother with our kids. We deeply love and care for our kids it's amazing it's amazing that that me as a human being i'm just a human being that i have the capacity capacity to love my kids like i love them and care for them like i care for them and it's amazing when when kel was born he's our seven-year-old and he's just a great kid got a good heart and he's a little bit more introverted he's 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 a little bit more cautious and reserved Calculate. He's a lot like me. He's just real calculated, reserved, and just going to process things. That's kind of how Kel's wired, but just a good kid, good personality. And and we, when Tiffany and I had had Kel, we just loved him. We cared for him so much. And, you know, as a parent, you think, how could we love somebody else this much? How can we care for somebody this much? And then Cade was born. And Cade's our our, our five-year-old. And he's got such a unique personality, totally different than Kel. He's a little bit more outgoing, a little bit more of the, of the leader type, uh, and just, just just a good kid, just gets along with people so well, just a good-hearted kid. And you know what? We care for Cade as much as we care for Kel. I mean, we love those little guys. We care for them so much. And we thought, I mean, how can we love and care for, for, for any more kids like we care for these kids? And yet when Karis was born, she's our 4-year-old. Man, we love that little girl. We care for her just as much as her older brothers. And Karis is kind of a spunky personality. She's she's kind of... We call her little mama sometimes. She's a little bossy girl. She bosses her brothers around and and little mama, you know. And Karis, she's she's a tattletale. Oh, she's going to tell it. Yeah, she's going to tell it. Daddy, cases in the kitchen, opening the cabinets, Daddy. Daddy, Kel is up there picking on Kay, Daddy. She's going to tell her, oh, you better not do anything wrong. Karis will tell. And then, then she, she, she loves to be the life of the party. And she does this thing called the potty dance. She, potty dance, Daddy. Potty, Daddy. Potty dance, Daddy. potty dance, Daddy. Potty dance. Where does she get the potty dance? I think Tiffany taught her that when I was gone to work one day. The potty dance. And you thought, how can we love any more kids like we love and care for these kids? And then our fourth child was born, Case. And man, we love him, and he's totally different from the other kids. But we care for him so much. Such a good-hearted kid, has a great personality, and he loves people, man. He's he, he's he's out of all of our kids, he's a people person the most, man. He he loves to hug people. Matter of fact, every morning, almost every morning, he hugs my leg and hugs Tiffany's legs, and and first thing in the morning, he hugs his little his older brothers and he hugs his sisters. So just so much love and, and for, that that he has, and we love each of them. We care for each of our kids. Matter of fact, let, let me illustrate it this way, how much we care for our kids. I was studying this week for the, for the message at a coffee shop. And, and, and my wife was, was out running errands uh, to taking care of some business. And, 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 and the, a babysitter was, was at our home. And my wife got a phone call and said, listen, you may want to come home. Karis hurt herself. And when Tiffany got home, she got home to this. Check out this picture. That's my baby girl. And man, I tell you, she got a baseball knot on her head. She was running and fell and and she hit her head. And Tiffany texted me this picture. And I'm wigging out. She okay? She goes, she's fine. She's okay. She's okay. But can I tell you, my heart was broken. That's the only little baby girl I got. And she is her. She has daddy's heart. And can I tell you, I cared about the little detail of her life. that the knot on her head was there. I cared deeply about what she was going through. And then it just happened this same week on Thursday night. My wife and I were out on a date. And I can't think of any other time this has happened. But we were on a date and, 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 and a babysitter was at our home. And, and the babysitter texted Tiffany and said, Cade's stomach is hurting. Is there something that I can give him? And we began to think, oh, man, Cade is sick. You think we should go home? And we decided, no, no, we're not going to go home. If he dies, he dies. You know what I mean? I got two other boys. huh? If the boy dies, he dies. I mean, he's not with my little girl. I only got one little girl. I got three boys. If the boy dies, that's okay. Listen, Bubba, the Cooper name will still go on, baby. I got two more boys. That's right. So when I get home, I get home. No, we didn't do that. No. We said, our boy's sick. And so we shut down our date early. We got in the car and we drove home because our boy, his tummy was hurting. And mom and daddy cared about what he was going through. Can I tell you, I have the capacity to love each of those kids and care for each of those kids. Can I tell you, our Heavenly Father is a whole lot better than me. Can I tell you, he has the capacity to care for each one of us individually. We're unique, have unique personalities, but God, God cares about you and your unique situation. He cares about the highs. And he cares about the lows. He cares about the, he cares about the great times. And he cares about the bad times. He cares about the joyful times. He cares about the sorrowful times. He cares about the times when you're in a pain. And he cares about the time when you're rejoicing. God cares about every facet. Every detail. Every minute, integral detail of your life. God cares deeply for you. God cares. God cares. There's a third thing that I want you to see. First of all, people get lost. The second is God cares about lost people. And I want to close out with point number three, and that is God is looking for lost people. God is looking for lost people. The Bible says in Luke 15 and verse 4, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep? Now, check this out. Until... He finds it. He goes after the lost sheep until he finds it. Here's what I want you to catch. is God is looking for you. And God will look for you until he finds you. Here's, here's what you have to understand. God hasn't given up on you. There are some of you in this place today, you're far from God. And, man, you, you, you've been living wild and doing your own thing. And you know what religion says? God's mad at you and he has his finger in your face and he wants to condemn you and he wants to you, bop you upside your head and tell you, you goofball, why are you wrecking your life like that? That's what religion says. But can I tell you that, that that's not the heart of God. You see, God, you can never do so much wrong that you get so far from God that he can't reach you. God wants to reach you because he's searching for you. He's looking for you. He's seeking after you. He's convicting you. He's sending your people your way to, 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 to tell you about himself. He's revealing himself through creation. Because listen, listen, listen. No matter who you are or what you've done, you can't get so far from God that he can't reach you. He wants to reach you right where you are. And the Bible goes on to say in Luke chapter 15, verse number 5, and when he finds it, He joyfully puts it on his shoulders. I want you to catch that. It says he joyfully puts the sheep on his shoulders. Joyfully. This shows us the heart of the father. The shepherd, the shepherd is joyful to find the sheep. He's not mad at the sheep. He didn't go, why did you wander away? What's wrong with you? You goofy sheep. Why did you get yourself out there and mess up your life? That's not what he said. When the father, the shepherd found the sheep, his heart was overwhelmed with joy. Can I tell you, that's the heart of our Heavenly Father. He, when he finds you in a state of brokenness and loneliness and addiction and sin and you wrecked your life, he doesn't kick you when you're down. And He's mad at you and his heart is full of condemnation. and He's condemning you. Oh, no. His heart is so full of joy. He's elated. He's so excited that he found one of his lost kids. And the Bible says this, I love this. I never saw this until this week. The Bible says that he takes the lost sheep and he puts it on his shoulders. He didn't go, You better walk back home, you stupid sheep. Got yourself out of here. I don't care if you're hungry, you're weak, you're getting back. No. The shepherd does everything for that sheep. Matter of fact, the sheep is the one that wandered away. It's not the shepherd's fault. The sheep wandered away. But the shepherd does everything. He searches after the sheep. He he looks for the sheep until he finds it. And when he finds the sheep, the sheep doesn't have to do anything. The shepherd picks up the sheep and puts it on his shoulders and brings the sheep back home. That sounds a lot like Jesus. Because we're the ones that mess up. We mess up our own life. And we stray away. And we get addicted. And we get into junk. And we get into filth. And we wreck our lives. And we mess up our lives. And can I tell you that Jesus does everything. He left heaven. That's what Christmas is all about. And he came. And he was born. And he lived a perfect and sinless life. And can I tell you, Jesus seeks after us. And he searches after us. And he draws us by the person of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says you can't come to Jesus unless the Spirit draws you. He does everything. And then, and then when God finds us, he picks us up. He washes us. He changes us. He picks us up and puts us on his shoulders. Can I tell you? Here's what this lets me know. It's, friends, you have to understand. You come to God just like you are. You're broken. You're wounded. You can't walk. You're in sin. You're addicted. And the Father picks you up. And he carries you back home. You see, God's the one that changes us. We don't change ourselves. There are some people that think they have to change their life. They have to get their act together. They got to start doing the right thing. They got to start acting right. And then I'm going to come to God. And then I'll come to church. Oh, no, 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 no. Just like you are today. Some of you in this place, just like you are. You're broken. And you're wounded. And you're hurting. And you're lonely. And you're desperate. And you're addicted. Life's beat you up. Religions knocked you upside your head. But Jesus is here to pick you up, to take you home, to save you, to forgive you, to wash away your sins, and to change you from the inside out. And I love how the story ends in verse number 6. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents, than over ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. Can I tell you that God is a partyer? Some of you didn't know that, did you? Oh, He likes to throw a party. Can I tell you what God parties over? When just one person. You see, oftentimes we're in the numbers. God's about the one. When one sheep is found, when one lost person comes home, there's a party in heaven. It didn't have to be a hundred people. It doesn't have to be 10 people. It doesn't have to be a big crusade where 1,000 people come forward. When one person comes home, there's a party in heaven. And you say, why would God do that just for one? Because God cares about lost people. God cares about you. And God is reaching for you. And today, would you open your heart up so that God can change your life?